Good afternoon. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. It is a wonderful afternoon, a little bit warm, but so far everything has been uh, with a little bit overcast, a little cooler than I was kind of expecting when I walked into the studio today. 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. And finally, the gods have given me state politics to talk about. I know I've been focusing on polling data on the national scene for days, but we finally have something to talk about. And oh boy, it's a big one because I think today the Louisiana gubernatorial race for 2023 may have just kicked off. Thank you, Mark. So here we are. John Schroeder at a bond commission meeting today. Now, John Schroeder and Jeff Landry both on, uh, both supposed to be at this meeting Um Jeff Landry is pushing for fellow members of the commission to not approve financing for New Orleans projects because city leaders in New Orleans have said they will not enforce Louisiana's abortion ban. Now, again, following the news today, a Baton Rouge judge, Don Johnson, I don't think it's the actor, but I could be wrong. Don Johnson uh, has blocked the state's abortion law due to the fact that he says it would be confusing for uh, medical providers. I don't think so, but I'm not a doctor, nor a lawyer, nor a judge, but a plain reading of the text seems to indicate that that doctors should really be able to, to figure this out. I think it's fear of not figuring that out, figuring it out that is really actually panicking a lot of people. But anyway, Landry sitting in, uh, or actually a representative for Landry who was sitting in on the meeting today, uh, asked the commission to withhold a $39 million non-cash line of credit for a New Orleans sewer- sewage and waterboard power plant because of the city's abortion stance. Schroeder came back and questioned that particular request. Uh, Schroeder Schroeder pointed out that Landry supported people not following John Bill Edwards' uh, mask orders because of COVID-19. And Schroeder says that Landry has plenty of tools to force the people to comply with the abortion law. So Schroeder's fighting back on this particular stance. And then he went on to slam Landry's proposal, saying, I do believe we're playing politics with this, and I don't like it. Schroeder also panned Landry for skipping the meeting, both Landry and Schroeder, as noted by Melinda Deslat, who is with uh, Par Louisiana and a former AP reporter. Uh, She knows that both Landry and Schroeder are expected to run for governor next year. So here we are. We have... uh, John Schroeder versus Jeff Landry. Just so everybody knows, though, Kyle Ardwin also spoke up and said the elected officials in New Orleans who have pledged not to comply with the abortion ban should all be impeached. He says that he's fine sending a message to city leaders. So there is that. Kyle Ardwin also stepping in on the issue of the New Orleans elected officials, although not stepping in to the fight between Landry and Schroeder. So officially... Jeff Landry versus John Schroeder has begun. Interestingly, it looks almost like Schroeder is actually taking the place that we expected Billy Nungesser to try to take as a moderate-ish, centrist, quote-unquote, adult-in-the-room Republican. Which means it's going to be David Vitter versus John Bell Edwards all over again come next year. Although John Bell Edwards was kind of a lightning-in-the-bottle moment 
Uh, I'm, I'm not sure the Democrats actually have somebody to fill that role this time around. But this is an interesting fight. I don't think it's a wise fight on Schroeder's part, by the way. Uh, I think Schroeder is legitimately trying to just do the board commission's job. Uh, and I think Landry is, uh, as attorney general, exploring all of his options for getting a municipality to uphold the law. But this is a very big, and it actually is a public fight between two statewide elected Republicans in the state. And I think it's important for us to pay attention to. I question Schroeder as somebody who is very openly uh, maneuvering to run for governor next year. I think it is, uh, I think it's a misstep on Schroeder's part to go to bat for abortion in Louisiana. And that's essentially what he's doing by saying he's not really in favor of denying this line of credit to the city of New Orleans just because they said they would not uphold an abortion law. Uh, I think this is a mistake on Schroeder's part politically. Uh, electorally, it's a mistake. As far as actual policy goes, you can argue whether or not Schroeder is right. I think Schroeder's wrong in this case. I think that if you are outright saying you're not going to follow state law, you don't get state money. I think that is a, a very clear given, but Schroeder is allegedly not one to play politics with the issue. Uh, Schroeder did say that because New Orleans hasn't violated the law yet, uh, there's no reason to uh, there's no reason for the board commission to be settling this dispute right now, which I think is interesting. But I I really do think this is kind of the first salvo between these two Republicans and and probably the top two Republicans in the race as of now. Again, if you go and you look at some of the very limited polling that's out there, Jeff Landry has a major lead. Schroeder is a distant second, none guess or third. I, I question Schroeder coming at Jeff Landry from the moderate position, or as I know some would want to say, a weak position. And, and sometimes moderate and weak uh, are not mutually exclusive. Let's just say that. I question Schroeder coming at Jeff Landry from the center rather than trying to come at Landry from the right. And I don't think this is an issue that this, I don't think this is the hill you die on in deep red Louisiana. And I think Schroeder's making a mistake here. I think that the bond commission is well within its rights to deny state money to a municipality in the state that has said outright they're not going to follow state law. I think it's well within their rights. But Schroeder is wanting to try to be the responsible Republican in the room, and I think it is a big mistake. Now, again, far too early to make any sort of prognostication about the 2023 race, but this is, like I said, the notable opening salvo between these two, and I think we'll only see more going forward. Now, while we're talking about that, again, qualifying is a big deal. No surprises in qualifying. We haven't seen any surprises so far. And I don't think uh, when the elections actually roll around, we will see any sort of surprises. What we're going to see is basically, you know, the, the same people going to Congress. Again, I don't know the local prosecutor who's going to go up against uh, Clay Higgins. I'm very doubtful he makes an impact. I don't know 
that anybody really expects Gary Chambers or Luke Mixon to have much of a shot. But there's that possibility that they could they could force Kennedy into a runoff. That's very doubtful right now, but they could. Right now, it just seems everybody who's currently running for office, by and large, going to skip a going to skip a general election. They win in the primary outright, and our elections are done in November. But that leaves us once November comes and goes with 2023. Everybody else in the country is going to be looking at 2024. We here in Louisiana, because we have silly election cycles, will be looking at next year for our state and local elections. And today's little spat on the Bond Commission, I think, is the first insight we're going to see into this race and how it's going to play out. Jeff Landry doesn't have the baggage that David Vitter had. Jeff Landry doesn't have a super rich opponent like Ralph Abraham had to come in and steal the spot. The Democrats don't have a successor for John Bell Edwards. Right now, it's Jeff Landry's race to lose. Now, of course, events can change things. We, we are well over a year away from that election. But the more I just kind of read what Schroeder said at this bond commission hearing, the way that, that he spoke about Jeff Landry and about Landry's request to deny New Orleans this, mu- this line of credit because of their stance on the abortion law, the more I question if Schroeder is actually going to have a serious chance. If you're coming at Jeff Landry from the moderate side, you're going to lose. The best way you beat Jeff Landry is to come from his right, try to be more conservative than him, try to use your record as treasurer to show that you can be fiscally conservative and you can maybe attack Jeff Landry saying, well, Jeff Landry's going out there using our state resources for this lawsuit and that lawsuit. I'm here trying to make sure that our state runs, finan- r- corrects its financial ship. You could maybe do that. I don't think that siding with New Orleans and its stance on abortion is the way to go here. 232-1542. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, some other stories in the news, including possible charges for Hunter Biden. Let's have that and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the program. Uh, if you missed the first segment, don't worry. Uh, all of the show notes, all the stories of the day are on kpel965.com right now. Just go find the story. Uh, Jeff Landry versus John Schroeder. It has begun. And I think, again, if you missed the first segment... It's a mistake for John Schroeder to, uh, to it was two mistakes here. First is that you're trying to come at Jeff Landry from the moderate, centrist, uh, responsible adult in the room angle. And it's also a mistake for you to come, uh, to, to, to pick abortion as your hill to die on. Be the, the city of New Orleans and it's saying that it will not uphold Louisiana's abortion law, uh, that that's a pretty bad hill to, to choose to die on. I think Schroeder's kind of testing the waters here, and I think it's a bad test. I think this only serves really to uh, as a potential advertisement for Jeff Landry in the future. 
while I was out there fighting the uh, while I was out there fighting for the state and fighting to get our laws to stand while the Democrats tried to legalize abortion in the state. Uh, my opponent was out there defending the city of New Orleans, acting against state law and providing abortions, who, which is the real conservative in this race. Easy ad right there. Easy ad for Jeff Landry to run. Now, he probably wouldn't make it an ad. We've seen what Republicans attacking Republicans looks like in recent gubernatorial elections. But if you get those two up on a debate stage, guaranteed that's a line of attack you're going to hear is that I was out there fighting for the state and John Schroeder was defending New Orleans and its lawlessness. And there's a lot of lawlessness in New Orleans. I don't think up, I don't think, you know, refusing to uphold a state law is anywhere near the worst that, um, that New Orleans is, is capable of in, in its ever going lawlessness. But here we are. All right. A couple minutes. I want to at least introduce this and maybe talk about it a little more after the break. But the Department of Justice has an issue on its hands right now. Do they prosecute? Do they bring charges against Hunter Biden? According to Fox News, a source told Fox News on Wednesday that the Justice Department officials were looking into whether to charge Hunter Biden with various tax violations and, more seriously, possible foreign lobbying violations. The source said Hunter Biden could face possible false statements charges. But the source said no final decision has been made on whether to charge Hunter Biden and stressed that the investigation is ongoing. Along with that, I need to bring this part up as well from CNN. The federal investigation into Hunter Biden's business activities is nearing a critical juncture as investigators weigh possible charges. And prosecutors confront Justice Department guidelines, and this is the important part, to generally avoid bringing politically sensitive cases close to an election, according to people briefed on the matter. While no decision has been made on whether to bring charges against President Joe Biden's son, sources say the probe has intensified in recent months, along with discussions among Delaware-based prosecutors, investigators running the probe, and officials at Justice Department headquarters. By now... Almost all of Hunter Biden's most obvious sins have been laid bare between leaks, between uh, the stories that have managed to slip through the media. We see that Hunter Biden is guilty of a lot, but there are some other charges, it seems, that the Justice Department are looking into. Now, here is the deal. The Justice Department is not going to bring charges against Hunter Biden before November. They're just not going to do that. It will have an impact on the November elections. When the president in power, the party in power, the president's own son gets brought up on federal charges in a year that the president's party is supposed to do horribly in a midterm election, that will be the, the, the final straw. That will be the straw that breaks the camel's back as far as this red wave goes. It won't have a major, major impact, but it will seal the deal for a lot of voters. So you should not expect the Justice Department to bring charges before November. There is a very small window, however, when the Justice Department can bring those charges. And the reason for that is this. When Republicans take over the House, 
They are going to start holding committee hearings investigating Hunter Biden and investigating the president. You know it's going to happen. You know good and damn well that Kevin McCarthy is going to start seating committee after committee to start investigating all of these things. Here's the problem. One, that interferes with the Justice Department's investigation. And two, that interferes with actual conservative action being taken in the House. That interferes with Republicans in Congress actually doing something meaningful. Hunter Biden will be a distraction. And House Republicans will once again get away with doing absolutely nothing to hold the Democrats accountable. More on this after the break. 232-1542. Let's go ahead and check our bottom of the hour news. And we will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. I want to see Hunter Biden charged. Don't get me wrong. I want to see Hunter Biden charged and prosecuted for the crimes that we know that he's done, know that he's accomplished. We also know there's some other shady stuff in the background. Here's the issue. The Justice Department should handle it. Now, there will be some of y'all who will say, well, the Justice Department is under Joe Biden's thumb. We'll never see anything done. I'm not so sure. They're already weighing these charges. The stories are already out there. The Justice Department can't just sit on this. And if they do, why, it's a very, very easy, easy jump for the Republicans to go from the Justice Department is corrupt to the Justice Department is quite literally squashing an investigation into the president's son for partisan reasons. The Justice Department doesn't want that. And the Justice Department, as a result, will have to take some sort of action. We don't know exactly what action they will take, but we know they have to take some action. And even if they don't, 2024 is really just around the corner. But if, it, the, if the Republicans decide to make this a whole thing about committees and committee hearings, then all they're going to do is dangle these committee hearings in front of you, just like the Democrats are hanging the January 6th committee hearings in front of their voters. And while they are dangling these Hunter Biden hearings in front of you and trying to call witnesses here, call witnesses there, try make a big spectacle about wanting Joe Biden to come to the stand and he's never going to come to the stand. He's never going to come talk to this committee. And they hold all of these hearings and they televise these hearings and this, that, and the other. While they're doing all this, nothing gets done about actually stopping the Biden administration in any other meaningful way. And if it continues into the next administration, a Republican administration, then a Republican administration can simply ignore a lot of the crisis that the Biden administration has put us into and not really get anything done because you and I both know that the Republicans are nothing if not efficient at ignoring the will of the voters of their own party, of their own voters. You and I both know that. 
you and I both know that Hunter Biden, if he is turned into a committee and committee hearings for the Republican Party, will be nothing more than a distraction. Leave it to the Justice Department. Even if we have to wait until after the Biden administration is out of office, leave it to the Justice Department. Because otherwise, the Republicans will take it and turn it into a spectacle and ignore all the things that you and I actually want them to do. And they'll be perfectly fine throwing out the red meat of Hunter Biden committee hearings. 232-1542, if you want to call in, we've got a caller on the line. Warren, how are you today, sir? Hey, Joe, good, man. Great show. Listen, Hunter Biden, you know, we've all seen the pictures of the lawlessness of Hunter Biden and why him and Joe should be the poster child for why our politicians need to be drug tested. You know, the other day y'all were talking about Joe Biden talking about a a 10-year-old girl that was raped and needed an abortion. Well, we should have stopped right there and say, what kind of person does that to a 10-year-old girl? Well, a lawless person, of course, the kind of person that doesn't protect the border and allows fentanyl to come in and execute people's children, good people watching, good people having to watch their children die and bury their children while Joe sits back and does nothing, does not obey federal law. They're lawless. That's exactly the kind of people that rape Kenya. I'm not saying they did it, but they're the, they're people and them are the kind of people that rape 10-year-old children. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in fact, it was Joe Biden's, it was Democrats' border policies that led to that 10-year-old girl's rape. We saw the the news stories that came out. Once they verified that the story was actually true, the alleged rapist was somebody who was in the country illegally and was being monitored by Customs and Border Patrol. We know that now. We know that it was lawlessness when it comes to the border by the Biden administration and by previous Democratic administrations because this guy had actually been in the country illegally for seven years. But because the Biden administration, because the Obama administration never really bothered to enforce the, uh, the law when it comes to the border, it led us to the point where a 10-year-old girl could be raped and have to get an abortion. And that is entirely the point I'm trying to make. This is lawlessness. This is acting outside of the law and expecting to be able to get away with it because of your last name, because of who you are, because of the party you work for, because who your father is or whatever. Hunter Biden is guilty of a lot of things. And there are some things he's guilty of. The Justice Department is investigating and they will find that he is guilty of. and They will have to weigh whether or not they charge a former a pres a current or former president's son with any federal crimes. What's interesting, though, is that the Democrats are absolutely silent on this. There is actual evidence out there of the lawlessness of Hunter Biden and his actions, from cocaine to hookers to some very shady work with foreign entities. They're looking at charges into foreign lobbying. They're looking at all sorts of crimes. We see all of the evidence. Well, we see we see all the public evidence. We don't know the stuff the Justice Department has that hasn't leaked out yet. And the Democrats are silent. But if Jared Kushner or Ivanka Trump or Don Jr. had looked so much as 
if they so much as looked at a foreign uh, foreign lobbyist, a foreign national, if they had so much as raised a single dollar in investment from somebody overseas, the media would have been all over demanding the Justice Department do something and claiming the Justice Department was a corrupt partisan uh, organization because they didn't do anything. The media pushed out story after story of the alleged corruption of the Trump kids. Nothing ever panned out. Some of those stories they actually had to retract. CNN had to retract and fire some reporters because of a story they got so horribly wrong about the Trump kids. And yet, and yet we see all of the stuff coming out, a lot of it having been verified now, and the media is trying to be silent on it, but they can't. And the Democrats are not saying a word. It should come as no surprise to anyone that there's a double standard here. And I'll be real honest with you. Had the Trump kids done something and the Republicans stay silent on them and then turn around and be as loud as possible on Hunter Biden, that would be just as much hypocrisy. That would be just as much of a double standard. We should be calling out our side and theirs, but there's no evidence that the Trump kids did anything using their father's name while he was in politics. That's the thing. Trump was already a big business name before he ran for office. And those kids' last names were pretty famous as well. Hunter Biden had to use his dad's name because his dad was well-known as a politician, not because he was a well-known businessman, not because he was a celebrity, but because he was a politician who had been a fixture in Washington, D.C. for multiple decades. Hunter Biden had to use his dad's name to get anything he wanted, and he did. Trading on his dad's name before and during the presidency is something we know he's done or tried to do. And there is no evidence that the Trump kids did it. And if there is solid, confirmable evidence that they did, I would be on here saying, yes, they should be investigated and prosecuted if the crimes are there. And I'll say it now. If they did do something like that, yes, they should be investigated. The Justice Department should look into it. But surprisingly, the Justice Department doesn't have any open investigations into them right now. As much as the Democrats have said that the Trump kids and Trump himself are lawless, every single investigation seems to get dismissed. You notice that? Every time an investigation into Trump comes up, it's followed not too long, at, not, not too long after by a, the prosecutors have dropped the case. A judge has ruled in Trump's favor. Trump's worked out some sort of deal. Whatever. And the only deal that I think Trump came up came up to was a, a deal about uh, delaying a trial or delaying submitting evidence or some paperwork or something. But here we have real provable crimes. The Justice Department has all the information and more. And the media and the Democrats are silent. There's a double standard. But I go back to my earlier point. This is for the Justice Department to decide. Because you and I both know that Republicans will absolutely use it as a distraction in Washington, D.C. the moment they get power because they really don't want to fix the problems Joe Biden's created. They just want those issues to run on. 
232-1542 if you want to call in, be part of the show. When we come back, qualifying in Louisiana, what does it look like? Who is running and what are the odds? We'll talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Going back to the beginning of the show, uh, I am getting, I, I'm hearing a little bit of an update. I don't actually have any quotes or anything from it, but I'm, I'm hearing that Jeff Landry's, uh, I think, representative at the Bond Commission meeting, uh, who apparently is from the civil division in the attorney general's office, absolutely let John Schroeder have it, uh, either at this meeting or after. Um, also, I mentioned Kyle Ardwen uh, had his own statement. Apparently, uh, Ardwen had some pretty harsh words as well. And in the end, after all that, Schroeder voted with Landry. In this. So again, I'm, I'm just concerned that John Schroeder, who is going to run for governor against Jeff Landry and against Billy Nungesser and against whoever the Democrats put up, Schroeder's coming after Jeff Landry from a let's not play politics with the issue position and sided with until I guess he made his vote to deny this line of credit to New Orleans, but but sided with in his argument the city of New Orleans, which said they would not uphold an anti-abortion law in Louisiana. Seems like a very, very weird hill to die on if you're going to run for a statewide office, for the highest statewide office in the state. Very, very strange. 232-1542 if you want to join in on the conversation. Uh, So we have today, uh, you know, John Kennedy has... Uh, has qualified. His opponents have qualified, and you know qual- qualifying runs through tomorrow. Uh, Chambers is out saying that I'm not the Democrats' favorite or the Republicans' favorite, but I will be the people's favorite. He is very much running as the farthest left candidate in this race. He's better at raising money, but he's doing so with outside donors and not building up a statewide network like he should be. Like I've, I've said from the beginning. He's got an extraordinary chance as a Democrat in the state of Louisiana if he builds up a state network. He could be a viable contender for governor next year if he just runs and builds a statewide network, but he's not doing that. He's releasing controversial online ads and seeking national donors. He's not going door-to-door. He's not holding town hall meetings. He's not holding rallies, anything like that. He's trying to raise all of his money online. And then you have Luke Mixon, who's going to, I mean, he's holding town hall meetings, he's holding these events, and he's not raising a whole lot. The, really, his only infrastructure is the same infrastructure that got John Bell Edwards elected, but they're not raising money. These are the people that raise an extraordinary amount of money for John Bell Edwards, but they can't get any excitement going for Luke Mixon. That's a problem for the Democrats in the state. Kennedy has, what, $40 million on hand? I think he's going to be breaking some records. There's, there's not really any chance they're going to push him into a runoff. Maybe if something changes, maybe, but I doubt it. I very much doubt it. So you have John Kennedy, who is raising record amount of money in the state. You have Jeff Landry, who is now, um, who, who in the very few polls we have, has been the, for, the front runner in uh, next year's governor's race. And you have John Schroeder, who decided to attack Jeff Landry from the center and in defense of a city's decision to say that they weren't going to uphold an anti-abortion law. Republican politics in Louisiana is weird. We consistently have Republicans who are not very good Republicans, who are not really good on keeping on message, keeping, uh, keeping the party interests going. This should have been a no-brainer. This should have been something 
that John Schroeder and Jeff Landry agree on, so it's one less issue that they have to bring up against each other in a debate later. But now we have Schroeder on the record. We have Schroeder on the record now defending the city of New Orleans, saying that they weren't going to uphold a state law, a state anti-abortion law. It doesn't matter what his vote actually was. The fact that he got up and said it is now a blight on his record. It's now going to take away a serious percentage of support that he would have gotten otherwise, and that's going to go to Jeff Landry. In the state of Louisiana, if you are not solid conservative Republican, your chances are very slim. The only way you lose, we've seen it the past two, is if the constituents stay home. The constituents stayed home or voted for John Bill Edwards because David Vitter, the prostitution scandal kept getting brought up. And people were like, I'm tired of this. I'm not going to go vote in this. A pox on both your houses. Or people were so disgusted with Vitter continuing to be in politics that they voted for uh they voted for Edwards. And then in the next race, you had Ralph Abraham, a solid, good conservative Republican candidate. You had Eddie Rispone, a longtime donor long, uh, for the Republican Party. And Rispone dropped a ton of his own money in to attack the other Republican in the race. That kept Abraham's entire con- uh, congressional district from going out to vote. A lot of them decided to just stay home or vote with John Bell because they were so angry. Because Republicans in the state cannot get their act together. Remember what I said just a few weeks ago. The state Republican Party has an event here in Lafayette. And what is the main attraction? Dinesh D'Souza and a documentary about 2020. Never mind that the president and our governor's own energy policies have now raised the cost of gas and oil in the state of Louisiana and around the country. We are an oil and gas producing state. And we want to focus on the 2020 election instead of looking at what our state does and where our state gets a ton of its money. And we've decided, well, you know, we're just going to talk about the last election. We're not going to talk about how to bring our state's economy back. We can't get we we can't stay on message. We can't have a good message going forward. And John Schroeder is proving it again. John Schroeder decides to say that Jeff Landry is being political and we shouldn't be doing this or that. And he's doing so in defense of the city of New Orleans, say they're not going to follow state law. Where does that make sense in anyone's mind except a Louisiana Republican politician? All right, that's it. 23 hours until the next Joe Cunningham show. In the meantime, stick around for offsides. Me and Shannon uh, having all sorts of fun on that show. Catch me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and be sure to catch the podcast version of the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stick around. There will be more here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.